Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Please abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And so he went in, and he stayed with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, this is our scripture today, that he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. Then their eyes, I want you to see this, then, everyone say then. Then their eyes were opened and they knew or recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. So we may not have been able to recognize that it was Jesus, but there was just something different about him when he was talking, when he was just sharing his stories with something inside of us was just burning. There was, we wanted to hear more. That's why we wanted him to stay with us. I can't explain what it is about him, but there's something different about this man. So that's why we said, please stay with us. Didn't Didn't you feel that too? Cleo was like, yeah, man, I felt that too. And it says in in verse 33, And so they rose up and that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. I skipped 32. And they said to one another, Didn't our hearts burn while while we talked on a row, while he opened scriptures to us? So they rose up the very hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and and those that were with them and gathered together. And they said, Jesus has, in fact, appeared to Simon, that's Peter. And here's another good verse to this story today that I want to focus on. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and what, how he was recognized, everyone say recognized, to them in the breaking of bread. Father, that's what I pray this morning. Even though the holiday of Thanksgiving is over, we're still thankful. So, Father, we normally remember you at this time, and we do remember you, but, God, I'm praying that you would help us to recognize you in the season of life that we are in right now, right now. Help us to see you and open our eyes that we may recognize you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Try to hang on to these things without opening them throughout the whole service. Amen. You are struggling with ADD, such as I will. We will tell because you're going to hear this. We're going to take it in just a few minutes, but uh, I want to just tell you and and share a couple of things uh, to you about the power of recognition. This may be a series next month or sometime coming up in the new year. How many of you are just amazing that we're looking at a new year? How many is just, that's just crazy. How many is looking forward to a new year? This one's been kind of tough. How many is excited about a new year? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, no matter what kind of year you had, better or not, here it comes. Uh, so be ready. Amen or get ready. But uh, 
always keep your expectation that God's going to do something even greater. If you had a good year in 2018, man, I'm expecting God to do even greater things. We had a great year as a church, uh, great year. Last three years, God has just really poured out his spirit and just give birth uh, a spirit of growth in this church. Man, I mean, look at this thing at 930. It's, it's amazing what God's doing. 1130, this thing is filling up just as well, and people are getting saved. I want you, it's hard to communicate with both services, but there are people that are surrendering their lives to Jesus on a weekly basis at this church. Can we give God some praise for that right now? That's huge. They're saying yes, saying yes to Jesus and and surrendering their hearts to God. And so many were fed the turkey uh, giveaway. I want to give a shout out to all those that came and prayed. I just felt like we needed to have some prayer at that service. It was an outreach ministry and people came uh, from all over the area. We had a team here praying. Uh, how many were praying, helping praying at that 530? Man, I put it out on Facebook. I went down there and just peeked in. There was a group of you down there praying. And I thank God for you because we had some things that happened during that afternoon. And it was kind of unsettling. We didn't know what was what kind of a service it was. I was getting kind of like, oh, man. There were some people from our neighborhood that showed up, my old neighborhood. Uh, and so we didn't know what was going to happen there. It got a little rocky at first. But I thank God that he put that in my heart to get you guys here to pray. And uh, I just put it out there on Facebook and say, hey, if you can be here, be here and pray. And I was so blown away. I preached on the glory of God, getting the glory of God in your life. That's what I preached about. After the service, Brother Terry came up to me. He said, Pastor, he said, you know what we were praying for down there before the service? That the glory of God would come and fill this place and fill the lives of the people. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And I felt so much liberty and so much freedom to preach the word. It was like just a spirit of revival in here. And I had a, even with a wheelbarrow up here, we had an awesome time. But I want to pray. How many, how, how many believe in prayer? Prayer works. Prayer works. And uh, I'd like to do that every service, get a prayer team praying while we're having service going. Amen. You just don't know what God wants to do. And what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to do anything he can to distract you, to, to plant doubt and unbelief in your life. And, and that's why I'm preaching this message to you because I want you to be able to recognize, this is the whole thing about this recognition, is that uh, there's power that comes when you're able to recognize God in every season of your life. You have got to be able to recognize God in your season of life right now. Right now, if you do not, if you're unable to recognize the presence of Jesus, the presence of God in your life, when you go through a storm, if you don't recognize that God is at least with you in the storm, the enemy will use that to plant doubt and unbelief. And if you don't know this by now, doubt is your enemy. Anyone or anything that is the source of doubt is your enemy. Jesus said it like this. For those that would cause one of my little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to put a millstone around their neck and be thrown into the sea. They are a, a Doubt is an enemy of your faith. And anyone or anything that helps build your faith in believing in God is your friend. And so when you go through a season of life, you've got to learn to be able to recognize God in your season. You've got to be able to, to see God in your season. The, the power of recognition, being able to see the hand of God and the presence of God. In Mark chapter 6, there's a story of the disciples was in the middle of the sea on the Sea of Galilee. And they were rowing and, they were, they, and a storm came upon them. And the Bible says they were rowing, uh, rowing very hard and they were in the middle of the storm. And Jesus came walking on the water. I mean, remember that story. But it said this, that they did not recognize him 
So he was going to pass them by. I want to ask you, do you have the ability to recognize God in your life? Or does he just pass you right by? You have got to learn, and we have it right here even in this story, that they did not recognize Jesus, was walking with them for seven miles, and then I recognized that it was Jesus. There was something different about him, but they weren't able to put a finger on it yet until he began to reveal himself. We're going to get to it in just a minute. But the power of recognition. Elijah was in a cave of depression. He was suicidal. Hear, hear the, the, the weight of that story in Kings. That would, you need to see the context of the greatest prophet in the Old Testament was used by God to call fire down from heaven. And here we find him in a cave of depression. And he said, God, take my life. And, and, and he said, uh, the Bible says that, that an earthquake came, but God was not in the earthquake. Fire came, wind came, but God was not in not either of those. But what? He came in a small, still voice, and Elijah recognized the voice of God. And him being able to recognize God brought him out of that cave of depression. Come on, you better get this today. Because you're going to go through all kind of crazy, silly. I don't know what 2019 is going to hold. I said this, I say it every year, but I know who holds 2019. And my prayer is, God, help me to recognize you in every season of whatever 2019, if you tarry. Because Jesus also said to, that we are to recognize the days that we are living in. He says, you need to recognize the days that you're living on. Because the Pharisees, they said something about when the, when the sky is red in the morning, fishermen's warning. I used to work at the marina out on the water, and, and there's all kinds of tricks that we would have that we can predict a storm by looking at the weather. You ever hear that? The, the storm, in the, you know, the sky red in the morning, fisherman's warning. That came from the Bible. That's actually in the Word of God. And they said that, and Jesus said, that's really, really good. But he kind of rebuked them. He said, because you can discern when it's going to rain, but you can't discern or recognize the days that you are living in right now. Power of recognition, being able to live. And I believe by looking around here today that we are in, in our culture and in our society, in the world today, I recognize that the return of Jesus Christ is soon to happen. It is the greatest event that is still yet to happen in your Bible, and it's going to happen. I believe it's drawing near every day. Recognize. Somebody say recognize. You need to learn to recognize God in every season of life. In this story, they weren't able to recognize Jesus. Like I said, for seven miles, they're walking with him and could not recognize who he was. But the key verse is, is verse 24, chapter 24, 30 and 31. Put that up there. It says that, that when, uh, now it came to pass when they sat at the table. This is what I was thinking about communion today. And like I said, we normally remember, and that's exactly what we do. We are remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross so you can get a breakthrough, so you can get healing, so you can get saved and, and deliverance. That's what we remember. It's important to remember because how soon we forget. It was awesome to see all the Thanksgiving, all the thankful challenges on social media. It was awesome. I saw some of you kind of struggling, amen, mixing it up, same thing for two days. No, just kidding. Uh, but but it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because to be thankful, and we have so much to be thankful for. But, man, we give so little praise, so little thanks, because we just soon, we just forget about it. So we remember what the Lord did. But it says here, and I, this is why it stuck out to me, that he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it. And then the Bible says, then they recognized him. They have, these are Jewish men that have been a part of the Passover all of their life. 
They, they were very familiar. They saw people take the bread hundreds of times, I'm sure, and known about it. But the way Jesus did it, the way Jesus did it that moment, they did not know who he was, but it was the way that he broke the bread. It was the way that he did this, this Passover that they recognized, and I believe they recognized the pattern. Could it be that there's something deeper, a deeper meaning to the way Jesus did this? Because Jesus did it differently than everyone else. He, every time he would get something, he would do it differently. The feeding of the 5,000, he did the same this same pattern. The feeding of the 4,000, he did the same pattern. In Luke's gospel, in all of the gospels where he took the Passover, he did the same kind of pattern. And I was just looking at this, and I, I wonder if this is a, is a deeper meaning to the way that Jesus served what we call today communion. I believe it is. If it is, then I, I want to just look at, look at these stages, and I want to look at it different, and see if you recognize, see if you can recognize where you are in this pattern that Jesus did. There's so much to recognize in God. I can't fit it all in in this message today, but I just wanted to give you these things. The first one would be the taking. The taking. This is what stepped out to me, is that when they brought Jesus in to the, to the room, he sat down. The very first thing that he did is he took the bread. Now, how many had some guests over at your house at Thanksgiving? How many had Thanksgiving at your house today Amen, or, or this week? Amen. That's very, very good. I, I would probably uh, uh, safe to assume that nobody got up from the table and, and Joe was like, hey, this has been great, but I'm going to go investigate the back bedrooms and <laughs> I, I'm going to go look at the closets and see what's under your bed. I'll be right back. Don't be that guy. Okay. Amen. If the doors are shut at your house, it's for a meeting. I don't care if you hear a dog barking back there. Just don't open the door. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Very rarely do you have uh, anybody come to your house and just go through all of your rooms. I mean, it's impolite. You would never invite them back, right? It'd be a serious problem. And if you go in some of our rooms, you might get a clothesline in the hallway by Melinda if you come down there too far. Or one of my little dogs will bite you, which I'm giving away a little dog if anybody wants one. Anyway, in Jesus' name. Uh, Here's the point. It's not that way when you and I invite Jesus into our life. He takes over. I want you to know that he, Jesus, he, he come in, he sat down, he took the bread. Why? Because he wants to take over. He wants to take over every area of our life. He don't want to just, he's not content by just being in the, in, in the public area of our lives. He wants to go to our back bedrooms. He wants to go under in, in, in the closets and underneath the bed. And He wants to go deep into our lives. Not to judge us, but to help clean it up. But to help clean it. He wants to help heal it. He wants to help bring healing. into. So he's just saying, hey man, just, just invite me in. I want to come past the living room. I want to I want to go deep into your heart. I want to go all the way. And I want to just take over. When he comes into our life, he takes over. There's the taking, the taking that he, that he takes over into our life. He's not happy with 10% of our life, 30% of our life, one day a week of our life. How many have learned that? Talking to a young man here recently, man, he's going past. He said, Eddie, I'm learning that it's Christianity. It's a life thing, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you know how many people that don't, haven't recognized that yet? <laughs> it's a life-changing decision. When Jesus comes in, he wants to get into every area of our life. Come on, help me today. Every area of our life. Uh, uh, every area he wants to get all the way. So there, there's the taking over. And then there's the taking out. 
There's the taking out that Jesus does in the season of taking. He told the children of Israel, I love you just the way you are, but I love you too much to leave you the way you are. I want to take you out of Egypt. I want to bring you out of where you are, out of bondage, out of addiction, out of depression, out of loneliness. I want to bring you out of that season because I'm a God that takes you out. I'm a God that won't leave you the way you are or where you are. I want to take you out. He's a God that takes over, but he's a God that wants to take us out. Help me today. He wants you to go further. That's that breakthrough this morning. He's not happy with us just being in the same little religious routine. Man, I'm not that kind of pastor. This ain't that kind of church. We're not here to just to play games and to play church and give you a couple of songs and, and a couple of little scriptures to go home meditate on. It was a good sermon. I want to change your life. God wants to start a fire in your soul. He wants to get you so on fire for him that you just bleed the word of God. You bleed the presence of God. But he can't do it unless you let him take over. He's got to take over. And it's scary sometimes. He took children of Israel out of bondage. And what did he he tell Abraham? He said, Abraham, come out from among your people. Come out from your comfort zone to a land that I'm not even going to tell you. It's scary sometimes when you feel God taking you out of your comfort zone. So let me just preach to you today. If you're in a season of separation, help me today on this post-Thanksgiving sermon today. To feel the presence of God. Because if you are in a season of separation. Where he, you feel like he is separating you from the rest of the crowd. Maybe family. Maybe those at work that you seem to have lunch with every week. But now they're not having lunch with you every week. Don't pout and don't get upset. Recognize that you're in a season of separation. Because he's taking you somewhere. Season of separation. Sometimes it's a season of isolation. Come on, don't, don't feel sorry for yourself if you feel isolated. God had to drop Joseph into a pit. I want to preach to everybody here who don't feel like you fit into any kind of clique. You, feel, you don't feel like you fit into any kind of group, any family member. You feel like you're all alone. Don't get mad. Just recognize that God wants to separate you. So he wants to break you from being dependent on other people. I'm preaching too hard today at 930. He wants you to develop your own thoughts, your own walk with God, your own personality, your own talents, your own. He wants you to be you. But he can't do it when we're always needing somebody else. So if you're frustrated today, recognize that God has just taken over a little bit more in your life. It's going to force you to get into the word of God because you're going to find everybody and anybody that did something great for God had to go through this season. If you're like, hands off, God, he will. He will. In this story, when he took the bread, if Cleo would have got offended because he didn't ask, he didn't wash his hands, because the Pharisees did complain at the way Jesus would take over. Some people get offended when God tries to take over your finances. Praying before you write a check. That's weird. It's not. It's kingdom-minded people do that. Because you recognize it didn't come from Ford's or from down the street or, in my case, for 15 years, not from delivering bread. It came from... Preaching the bread of life. That was my little, amen. Pray before you do anything. Why? Because God's wanting to take over in those areas. If you say, hands off, hands off my relationship. Hands off the way I raise my kids. 
Hands off the way I do my marriage. Hands off. We do everything different. Well, God says, okay, do it your way. Do it your way. But if you want me to bless it, and this is where I'm going, don't ever be afraid of God taking over because he will always take over to bring us to an area that he can bless us. He took Israel out of Egypt because he was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. They never got it through their thick heads. All they looked at is what they couldn't have. They began to complain and say, oh, the cucumbers and the leeks were so much better in Egypt. In the Bible, I'm thinking, what? They were slaves for 400 years. But all they could remember was the leeks and cucumbers. Someone say the taking. The taking, the taking. It's scary, but that's the first season. And then there's the blessing stage. Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. And at first I said, well, this is going to be a short stage. The blessing is always a short area, a short season, it seems like. And I've heard some people kind of look at it like that. And I even caught myself saying, well, this must be a short season. But then God said, no, no, no. Is it, is it a short season or are you just being, uh, is, is, is it short in the way you are thankful? Are you just short in the way you see it as a blessing? And I had to start to look at this again because remember, God told Israel, I'm bringing you out of Egypt and I'm going to bless you with manna. He told them he's going to feed them every day. He told them he was going to take care of them. He was going to feed them. And then when manna came down, what did they say? They called it manna, which means what is this? They did not recognize the blessing of the Lord. Can I tell you that you can get to the place in your life here in America in 2018, in this Western mindset, in this consumer mindset, we can actually get to the place in our life and say the words that God has not blessed me. We may not say it, but we can think it in our own minds, in our own attitudes, in our own lack of thanksgiving. We can actually get to the place in our life where we, we don't recognize the blessing in our life. They begin to murmur and they begin to complain why the new car smell just wore off. It wasn't new no more. And they begin to complain. They had to get up every day, go out and get the food. It was these honey-tasting uh, sweet flour cakes that would just appear every morning fresh every day. And they looked at it and did not even recognize the blessing. Here's the thing that I learned about a blessing. Can I just tell you something that I've learned? I learned that the price to get the blessing... And the responsibility of the blessing weighs the same. I want you to think about that. The price that it takes to get the blessing, letting him take over. The trusting, the, tr the, the frustration in the transition, all of that to trust him. The price that it takes to get the blessing, it actually, and the responsibility to maintain the blessing, it actually weighs the same. You can be single and praying for a husband, praying for a wife, and then God brings you one, and then all the married people are like, ah, <laughs> is it really that good? Come on, think about it. God, I want a kid. Just give me a child. I want the blessing of a child, 3 a.m., and that baby won't stop crying. Right, Paul? Come on, somebody. Amen. And if you're blessed with a quiet child, it's probably your first child. That's just a trick for you to have more kids. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, both of my kids were nice. Go ahead. Have a three. I dare you. I dare you. 
Some of you may have made three, four, five kids. They're all really good. Yeah, amen. Then the teenage years has come. Mark my words. The responsibility of the blessing weighs the same of wanting the blessing, the price of the blessing ministry. God, let our church grow. Woo, we're ready to go. I see you move. You move a mountain. God, do whatever it takes. I'll help do whatever it takes if you will just grow this church. Okay, two services. All the two service people, woo! The weight weighs the same. The weight, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, I'm preaching. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they went to a land flowing of milk and honey. But guess what? They had more wars and more battles in the promised land than they did in the wilderness. They only had two in the wilderness. The Amalekites, which represented the flesh. OCD, sorry. But when they got to the promised land, God said, oh, come into the blessing. Here's Jericho. Here's your gift for coming out of Egypt. Woo! I want you to take Jericho. Fortified walls. Ain't nobody penetrated through them. Through, they were undefeated. And God said, I want to give you Jericho. They took, overtook Jericho. AI, read it. Through all of those all of those. Why? Because the blessing, it's not that it's a short season, but the way we look at it is it's such a short season. He took the bread, but there is a blessing in it. There is a blessing. There is a season when you allow God to take over. There is a season of blessing. When we begin to do that as young Christians, God took over our finances. Man, I got a job. It was in no time I got this job in church. You've heard me tell this story. Came to a church to hear my dad preach at a tent revival. And a guy sitting behind me, I never met him before in my life. He had no idea. I was praying and fasting, not hearing nothing from God. And just knowing that God wants me to seek him. And, and I was just pressing in. And all of a sudden, this guy just, just tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, I, I know you don't know me. I never met you, but are you, I'm a man of God. And, you know, are you looking for a job? Yeah. With that a card, he said, hey, man, I'll work for, you know, this company. I want you to go call them, tell them you know me, tell them that I, uh, I recommended you, and go ahead. I ended up getting that job. They hired me on the spot at the interview. That year, first year, I made double, double that year than I made at my previous job. Exactly double. I'll clap for you. Amen. That was real good. That was a blessing that God did. And then he moved, and he began to move me and, and began to bless me in that job. And I, There is a season of blessing. Where are you? Then there's the breaking. Woo! This was the message right here. This was the message right here. Can I talk to you about the breaking for a moment? The breaking. Oh, he took over. Woo, take it over. Take it all. Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, yeah. We want him to take over. He'll take over. And it's a blessing. Isn't it a blessing when he takes over? You come to church and everything's new and the songs are like, woo, this is a blessing. What's your name? I don't even know, but I'm, while well, I'm smiling, I'm just so happy to be here. And then six months go by, the songs, I already shook your hand. What are you doing here? That, that, that thankfulness begins to wear off. Well, I've noticed when that thankfulness begins to wear off, I'm heading into a season of breaking. Because the thankfulness now is turning to pride. Whenever we don't give God thanks for something, it turns to pride. Whenever we don't, look at it like this. Whenever we don't give God thanks, it shuts in and begins pride. 
And God says, okay, you're entering a season of breaking. And God isn't into hurting us. He doesn't want to break our hearts, but he does want to break our will. He wants to break the stubbornness. He wants to break the self-centeredness. He wants to break the I all about me, all about me, what I want, what I want to get. He want, he's got to break that in us. Woo. But you come to have communion today. It's a breaking. God took over. Oh, he looked up and he said, Father, thank you for it. He blessed that bread. But then he looked at it and he began to break. But I want you to see breaking. I want you to see breaking different today. Breaking. Why, why, why did he break the bread? When you break something, you make more of it. I want you to write this down. Breaking equals more. God is wanting to break us, and he allows us to be broken because he wants more from us. He wants to do more in us. He wants to do more through us. And let me tell you where it starts with more. In the breaking, you will learn more about God in the breaking than in the blessing. You will learn more about God in the breaking than you do in the blessing. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they knew God was a good God, but they didn't know God was a deliverer. They did not know God would get into the fire with them until they were put into the fire. God didn't cause the fire, but he uses the fire. There's a breaking that God will do. You won't know that God is 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 a God that can sustain you when you go through the valley unless you go through the valley. Come on, help me today. There is a breaking that God does in all of our lives. Why? Because he wants us to know him more. You'll grow more in the valley. You'll grow more in the breaking than you ever will in the blessing. People forget about God in the blessing. They forget about that God. Just like Egypt. Israel forgot about Egypt. Forgot about the bondage. They forgot about, you know, that's why God did it in such a spectacular way. Running out of time, but there's breaking. How many can say amen to the breaking? Breaking, breaking. It's, it's like a horse being, being used for battle. A horse cannot be used in battle unless it's broken. It's wild. It gets running out there doing its own thing, going ahead. I'm going to do what I want to do. I feel like God told me this, and I feel like, and I go on feelings, 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 feelings. Like Isaac went on feelings, and he, he gave the blessing to the wrong child because he went on his feelings. There's a message about an hour long in that right there. Go on our feelings. Sometimes God will cut off all of you. you. You ain't feeling nothing. Why? Because he wants you not to rely on your senses, not relying on your feelings, because the just shall live by their faith and not by sight. So it takes some breaking. But feel good if you're, if you're in a season of that frustration. In that isolation, again, that isolation is to break our, our dependent, dependence upon others. It's the breaking. But when a horse is, is broken, you can put a child upon that horse and totally trust it. And that little horse, that, they can pull that, the reins just a little bit to the left and it's broken. It'll move to the left. You tell it to go to the right or it'll go to the right. I want you to join this life group. I'll join that life group. I want you to teach a life group. Oh, I'll teach a life group. I want you to get up there and sing. Okay, I'm going to get up there and sing. I want you to help come clean the church. Okay, I'm going to come clean the church. I want you to be an usher. Just a little usher. Well, God, I want to be an evangelist. I can't use you on the big stage if you don't leave me. Let me use you when there's no stage. You don't get broken up here. 
This don't break nobody. The breaking happens here. Wednesday for 11 years meeting with six kids. Some of you ain't even been saved 11 years and you're ready to be an apostle. I'm an apostle. <laughs> ain't been broken worth nothing. When you're broken, you have more to your story. I'm going to have to back off, but I feel it. I feel it. You got one story until you're broken. I was lost, but now I'm found. Once you tell your story, then what are you going to say? <laughs> let me tell my story, Pastor. I'll let you, I'll let you testify. We call that a testimony. You want to lead a ministry? People will get tired of hearing how you were lost and you're saved. Give me something for my brokenness in my home today. Give me something for my brokenness in my marriage. Give me something for my brokenness in my emotions. Give me something for my brokenness. Woo! Someone say, break me, Jesus. Break me, Jesus. Come on, I'm going to make you want to pray for it. Some of you are like, I ain't saying that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, what did he say? I'm going to give you beauty. Oh, y'all been reading your Bible. There's some broken people in here. God says, I can use brokenness. God said, I can use brokenness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So there's the taking. There's the blessing. There's the breaking, which means more. God just wants more. But he has to have the breaking. Breaking into pieces. Those pieces all relate to somebody. It's more to your story. Someone says you need a test to get a testimony. Well, you need a, a breaking to get a breakthrough. Some of you are praying for a breakthrough. Well, yeah, he's going to give you a breakthrough. He's going to break you. And I don't mean that he's a mean God wanting to hurt your inner child. He wants to kill your inner child. What do I mean by that? That selfish inner child. That touchy, emotional, that right there. It's got to be broken. He, the, Peter went through that. Peter was all cocky. Woo, I'm going to go through everything with you. And Jesus said, well, tonight you're going to deny that you even knew me. And he said this, Satan has asked to sift you. And I'm, I prayed for your faith. And let's word it this way. And after he breaks you, read it again. I'm going to pray that when you come back, you're going to be even stronger. That's what he was saying there. Peter, you're a little cocky. I'm praying for you that you're not going to get destroyed. Because what did Paul say? We may be broken. We may struck, be struck down, but not destroyed. Jesus was a cornerstone. That if you, those that are fought, that will fall on him will be broken. That's a good thing. Those that refuse to fall on him, he said he'll fall on you and you'll be crushed. Read all of these things about bro brokenness is all in the word of God. Yeah. Come on, won't you stand with me today? And when Peter came back, he was stronger than he was in the beginning. And in the last stage is the giving. And it's simply this, that he, he, can't, he can't give he can't give us out. He can't give bread out unless it's been taken, blessed, and broken. And let me just say this, 21 years serving the Lord. You may go through all four of these cycles in a 24-hour period. I'm just being real with you. There's one area he has taken over. 
I thought he's took over everything, Jesus. I sung the song, even in the tongues, I sung it, and I thought you done took it over. No, there, I've realized that there's still some areas he needs to take over. Too judgy sometimes. You ever judge someone's intentions? Judge someone else's motives, man, and, and be wrong. God, help me with that. Help me with that. Is it hot in here or is it just a word today? Woo! Help us, Jesus. And then he'll, he'll be blessing in one area of my life. Have you found this out? But be dying in another area. What I'm trying to say here today, I'm trying to get you to recognize that God's got his hand in your life. And I don't have time to tell you how to recognize him in the storm. Because I just tell you that Job did that. The Bible says that God, at the, the last three chapters of Job is my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. It's just God showing off his majesty. Go back and read it. He says, who are these men that darken my counsel with words without wisdom? Where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Don't get me going today. Where were you when I, when I commanded the stars and put them in the sky? Where were you? If you have even knowledge and understanding, then answer. And then he goes for three chapters just talking about his display. But I love this. It says, and then God answered Job out of the storm. I just want you to recognize God in every season of life, man. Following Dr. Eric Mason on, on Twitter, and he's been going through his wife, and he's a liver transplant. And he just posted this morning, she made it through the surgery in half the time. She's already recovering. Thank you for the prayers. What was he saying? I'm tweeting out that I can recognize that even though my wife had to get a liver transplant, I can recognize the hand of God in the surgery. I can recognize the hand of God in my wife's trial and in this sickness and in this need. So let's take that bread today. And I pray that as you open that top lid of plastic, that's very difficult. church grows, it gets a little harder to give little wafers and stuff out. This is just but I want you to take it. I want you to break it. That's, well, let's bless it first. If you broke it, you got to get another one. No, I'm just kidding. Because he can bless brokenness. I feel it. I get to do this again. I can't wait. Father, we bless this. We thank you for this. Thank you for blessing our lives. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for opening up our eyes. Thank you for getting us through all of these different levels and seasons that we have gone through and some are in right now. We bless you. We bless you. God, I pray that we would recognize you in the blessing still, even now. Still be thankful. Still be thankful. Let's break it. Break it. Now you got two pieces. Look at that break it again, now you got four and you just want to break it as much as you can. Father, we recognize you in the breaking. In the breaking. Because that's more of us you can use. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it together. By the way, in verse 35 there, it says again that they recognize Jesus in the breaking of bread. Man, that's so good. That's for somebody here today. The cup represents the new covenant. Where
we're looking at a new year coming. I'm going to serve God in 2019 just like I did in 2018. Amen. I'm going to be here 2019 just like I am 2018. Trust in God all the way. Only by your grace I'm going to do it, Lord. And I thank you for that. Thank you for the blood that represents in this cup, for the new covenant of your blood that was shed for all of my sin. I put all of my sin underneath this blood today in Jesus' name. I thank you, God. Forgive us, wash us, cleanse us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take it. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many are in a season right now? You need to have help recognizing him right now. Don't be ashamed. Lift your hand up. You need help recognizing him right now. I'm just going to pray over you right now with your hands up. Father, with every uplifted hand, they're in a season of life and they're like these two men at first their hearts were burning they felt something but God they really didn't recognize who you were I pray God that whatever season they're in that God that you would give them eyes to see give them the eyes of recognition God help them to recognize you in their season right now that's what I pray that's what I pray in Jesus name Listen, I'm going to dismiss you if you need further prayer. I want to invite you back up to the altar and get prayer before you go home. If not, God bless you. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. 